Shark Bites Podcast, a Throwdown Thursday production. I am your host, Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I am broadcasting from the Pat Cave deep within the bowels of Magenta Manor. And uh, as you may have noticed, last week we did not have an episode. I completely lost my voice. If you uh, got a chance to listen to last week's Throwdown Thursday episode where we uh, talked Jason Voorhees with uh, broke horror fans Alex DiVincenzo, you will have heard uh, a marked improvement in uh, how much better I sounded on uh, Tuesday than I did on Sunday or Monday. Actually, Sunday, I literally had no voice. I was not able to speak at all. I'm still not completely over it. I actually just finished recording an interview with super talented actress and all-around just total badass uh, Constance Payne that you'll hear uh, on this week's episode of Throwdown Thursday that comes out on Halloween, and as such, we talked about Michael Myers, because of course we would. If we have a show coming out on Halloween and we're talking about slashers, we have to talk about Michael Myers. I cough a lot on that one. I'm hoping it didn't get picked up so much, but uh, I've been having a tough time <coughs> uh, keeping my, my voice 100%. So... <coughs> <coughs> So I've been uh, doing what I can, you know, trying to drink a lot of ginger ale and, and tea and, and whatnot. So hopefully uh, this episode sounds better than I would have anticipated it would last week. So I apologize for missing a week, but hopefully it doesn't happen again. So this week I want to talk about uh, something that happened this past weekend. Ashes and I went to a concert both on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday we went, uh, we actually took... Uh, her sister Shelby, who some of you have met, and we went to see, I don't remember the name of the the, the tour, but uh, it, is, uh, it is the Little Miss Nasty Rock and Roll Burlesque, followed by Dead, D-E-D, followed by New Year's Day, who we've seen several times, and uh, they always crush it, who is then followed by Motionless and White, who we fucking love, and then followed by uh, In This Moment, who was the headliner. So five bands, a lot of uh, really cool set decorations. And uh, this was at the Palladium in Worcester. Now the show we went to, because I'm recording this on Monday, the show we went to yesterday is uh, Star Set, which we fucking love Star Set. And I was unfamiliar with the other bands. Star Set headlining and uh, Palisades right before them. Hyde, a uh, Japanese band with some really cool masks uh, before them, and A Brilliant Lie right before them. We only caught the end of uh, A Brilliant Lie, unfortunately, because uh, the uh, train stations uh, that we take to get in there have... Uh, they're doing some maintenance on the track, so you have to get off the train and take a bus, and that uh, kind of delays things a little bit. Uh, still, good shows... But uh, the thing I really want to talk about is the handicap accessibility, uh, especially at the Palladium. The Palladium just underwent a multi-million dollar renovation. They put in all new seats. They, they did all kinds of stuff. They painted. They made it look awesome inside. 
But there's really nowhere, if you are uh, like uh, Asha's sister Shelby, if if you have a disability, um, there's really no way to uh, accommodate folks with uh, any type of disability. And one of the frustrating things was, you know, we were up in the balcony because obviously we're not going to be in general admission in the pit. So we paid extra to be up in the balcony. Some of you might know that Shelby is... Uh, going deaf almost completely deaf but she can still hear music at a concert because of the you know insane decibel level that you find at a concert because you know you have to project throughout the entire venue but it's not just the music and the vibrations there's also a very visual component to a lot of the bands we go see there's a a a, a great emphasis on theatricality um this was especially evident with Emotionless and White, who, you know, they had people dressed as Sam from Trick or Treat, you know, throwing candy out there. There was someone dressed as a giant pumpkin. You know, it was, you know, they had carved pumpkins all over the stage. I mean, obviously they weren't real. They were, I don't know, fiberglass or ceramic or something. They were decorations. But they had all kinds of decorations because it's spooky time. It's Halloween time. And they're a spooky band that, you know, has a... a a heavy emphasis on horror and there were people sitting in the uh, in the balcony who were standing up and as they were standing up they were obstructing Shelby's view and Ash has pulled aside one of the security people and was like hey can you tell those people to sit down it's like no sorry there's nothing we can do we can move you downstairs but we can put you like right in the middle of a bunch of people so obviously that was not an acceptable uh, alternative so Shelby had to, for all intents and purposes, miss half the show because she wasn't able to see what was going on. She couldn't see the stage. And um, speaking of theatricality, I mean, in this moment, does some amazing stuff. There's some amazing visuals. They have uh, the lead singer Maria Brink comes out. She does a, a, a wardrobe change after almost every song. And so she has all these different looks and different outfits. And then the dancers that are there, I think they're called Blood Girls. They had different outfits and things that they they uh, they put on, you know, coordinated outfits. And, like, they had these, you know, highly choreographed, you know, routines that they did with glowing orbs. And there was, like, a huge church thing in the background. And it was really, really awesome. And because there was no, there's no handicap accessibility. Put it this way. When we got in there... We uh, we found where our seats were, and we had specifically said that, you know, because we had to go back and forth many times with these folks about, you know, some sort of uh, handicap accessibility. And when we got there, uh, basically what they had done is uh, we had three seats at the end of an aisle, or at the end of a row, I should say, and one of the seats had a sticker on it indicating that it was for handicap use. That was it. There was nothing different about the seat. There was nothing different between that seat and the seat in front of it, next to it, behind it, uh, or anywhere else. It just, they put a sticker on it. And for a venue that shows so many different types of bands and has so many different people going to see these shows, to have this lack of accommodation for people who require it is very frustrating. Like, we go to the movie theater, and the movie theater has spaces carved out of rows where someone who is in a wheelchair or some sort of mobility device can comfortably 
put themselves and see the screen and not be interrupted. This wasn't done at the Palladium, despite the fact that there's this, this huge overhaul. Now, that's not to say that every venue that we go to has some sort of you know, super accessible handicapped area. Uh, when we were going to Warp Tour, there were a couple of uh, elevated platforms that if you were in a wheelchair, you would be able to uh, go up into this elevated platform where you'd be risen up above everyone else in the, in the crowd and you could see. But those were way the hell back. You know, basically in between a couple of stages, so you weren't really sure which which uh, spot you're going to be you're going to be looking at. You basically had you had once you got up there, you kind of had to just stay. It, like, it wasn't convenient. I appreciate their effort. I, I applaud their their. Uh, they were trying to do something, especially with a huge outdoor festival. Uh, it just <coughs> it wasn't practical for everyone, but they at least put in the effort. Uh, the second club that we went to when we went to see Starset uh, last night, we went to uh, the Paradise in Boston. Now, we had seen a show at the Paradise with Shelby. Uh, I want to say it was a couple years ago. We went and we saw AFI. And what they had done was they don't... It's basically all just general admission floor space. But what they did was they kind of cordoned off an area with three chairs for the three of us to sit. So we had a great view of the show. We weren't going to, you know, we didn't have to worry about people moshing on us or crashing into us. We didn't have to worry about our view being obstructed because we were on the side of the stage. So we had a great view. Um, again, it's not a, a an official handicapped area. It's not specifically designed for folks with a handicap. But it is an effort that they made in order to accommodate someone with a disability. And we really appreciated that. Not only that, the icing on the cake at the end of the show was one of the, uh, I don't know if it was a stage manager or one of the roadies or somebody, but they came over and gave each of us uh, a guitar pick from AFI, which was really, really nice. I, I appreciated that. That was a nice touch. We go to a lot of shows at the Palladium, a lot of shows. And, you know, as Shelby's uh, uh, disabilities have progressed, we've had a greater difficulty trying to ensure that... <sighs> She's able to enjoy the show just like everybody else. If it's not something that affects you directly, chances are you're not going to be thinking about it. Because I'll be honest, like, it wasn't something that I thought of. I was, I was like, okay, you know, I'm sitting down. You know, I had somebody directly in front of me with a, a rather bulbous head, and he kept kind of, like, leaning into my field of vision. But, you know, if I wanted to, I could have stood up. Uh, not everybody has that... Uh, that luxury you know you think about just standing up at a concert being a luxury like that's not there were several times where the 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 bands were encouraging people to get up on your feet and show me your hands let me hear you scream let me see you do this you know the way bands tend to rile up crowds if you've ever been to a concert you're completely familiar with how that works she is unable to do that she can she has a tough time you know going up and down stairs so just having to go up the stairs to the balcony in order to enjoy the show is one thing there's no ramp there's no handicap access there she's more comfortable getting around in a wheelchair obviously but having to use you know her cane she's able to get around but still we had to walk about a quarter of a mile to and from the parking garage to the venue you know stand in line wait in line you know so there was no fast tracking the line because of her disability there was none of that there were no ramps on the outside so if she had to use a wheelchair, she's not getting in. You know, she has to be lifted up a, a three or four stairs. And even at that point, 
Now you're not going to get upstairs to your seat because there's no ramp, there's no elevator, there's nothing like that. It's just a set of stairs. So you have to continually use stairs. So if you're in a wheelchair and you want to see a show at the Palladium, you're pretty much out of fucking luck, which kind of sucks because everybody loves music. One form or another, there's really... I, I don't think I've ever met someone that was like, no, I don't like music. Everybody likes music in some way, shape, or form. And... The opportunity to go to see live music, especially if you're paying for it, because the seats in the balcony actually cost more than going to sit in uh, the stand in the mosh pit or in the general admission on the floor. You're paying more to be further away, and then you have an obstructed view, and it's like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. We can put you downstairs where you have another obstructed view, but we have no accessibility for you. We have nothing here that aids you in any way. Now Shelby's lucky where she's at least able to go up and down stairs, albeit with, you know, not great speed and with some difficulty. So she at least has that going. But like I said, if she had to use her wheelchair, which she occasionally does, or if someone who is confined to a wheelchair wanted to go to the show, they would be unable to do so. So if you want to go see a show at the Palladium and you don't have, you know, working legs or the ability to, you know, uh, use crutches or something like that. If you can't go upstairs, you're not going to see a show. It's plain and simple. It's very frustrating. You know, I'm kind of getting a little bit worked up here, and that's why I keep coughing because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting angry and I'm sort of uh, drying out my throat. But my point remains valid. Like, it's, <sighs> it's one thing if this was still the old, decrepit, run-down uh, uh, palladium that was on the the brink of closing down because it was so out of date. But because it's such a, a an historic building and there have been so many bands that played there and it's you know a huge part of Rock and Shock, you know, half of the 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 rock part of Rock and Shock takes place at the Palladium. But it's something that, you know, I've never even thought of. It's like, "Oh, well, you know, I can get in and out no problem, but because I've never had a, 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 an issue, I've never had any difficulty with it. It never crossed my mind because I'm able-bodied, and I think that's part of the issue. If someone, you know, who was not an able-bodied person, again, someone confined to a wheelchair, wanted to go to a show, or someone who had been consulted, like, you know, I don't know what the Americans with Disabilities Act entails, you know, and again, going to a concert isn't a right, it's a privilege, it's not something that has to be done, but I would assume that if you have a building like this that, you know, you are obligated, you know, especially if it's a school or a business, if you want people to uh, uh, patronize your business, you would at least make it accessible for everyone to do so. I don't understand. I mean, I kind of do. Like, I do understand why someone wouldn't do it. Because, again, like I said, I personally... Never thought about it because it never affected me. But now that it's, you know, it still doesn't affect me personally, but it affects people that I love and it affects, you know, my family. So it, now I'm bringing it to the forefront because I'm not the only one who made this this uh, uh, observation. There were other people that were making this observation and we were having this conversation. I said, you know what, I'm going to talk about this on my on my show because I have a platform where I'm able to discuss why, you know, why this is an issue. And you may not think it's an issue. Other people might not think it's an issue. But you can get it into a wheelchair pretty much anywhere. Sporting venues. Um, you know, there are 
elevators and and escalators. You know, so if you're on crutches, you can just hop on an escalator at TD Garden, or if you're in a wheelchair, just hop in your in your uh, in your elevator, go up the elevator. Even at the T stations, there are elevators. We've used them when we've gone back and forth to Boston with Shelby to some of these shows. And again, attending a sporting event isn't a isn't a, a right. That's a privilege too. You know, and they have concerts at, at these, you know, at Fenway, at TD Garden. They have concerts there. They're, you know, the the DCU Center has handicap accessibility. You know, so why is it so difficult for a place, especially if you're undergoing a multi-million dollar renovation, why is it so tough for someone to think, hey, we have zero handicap access. Nobody in a wheelchair can come into this place unless they're going down a flight of stairs. And I don't know if you're familiar at all with how wheelchairs work, but uh, wheelchairs and stairs tend not to work. You know, do you, if you think that it's not a big deal, take your office chair, strap yourself to your office chair, wheel yourself down a flight of stairs, see how easy it is. And then, after you're done going down the stairs, go up the stairs, see how easy that is. And the first thing you would think you're going to think to yourself is, wow, I wish there was an easier way. This shouldn't be so goddamn difficult. Someone should look into this and find out why the hell I have to drag myself up a flight of stairs or have people carry me because that's the only way I'm going to get up there. Now, imagine you do get into this venue. You struggle and you manage to get yourself in your wheelchair up into this venue. You're sitting on the general admission. Now there's a fire. How are you getting out? You're not. You're not. You know, maybe somebody pushes you and, like, flings you down the stairs, but you're going to get trampled. So there's no there's no safety in this. And it would make sense to have a ramp even if someone without a disability is there because musicians are constantly loading and unloading all their equipment. I'm sure there are ramps on the side of the building that will let you in and out. But why are there no handicap-accessible ramps on the outside of the building for the general public to get in and out of the building doesn't make any sense to me and uh, this is probably something I'm going to talk about again but uh, I'm, I'm curious as to know your thoughts we're definitely going to have a couple of guests on at some point and we're going to talk about this very subject because this is something that I think needs to be addressed and you know I love the Palladium I love going there I'm going there again in November like this is definitely something that we're going to be talking about uh, you know multiple times we might even discuss it on Throwdown Thursday we might even uh, bring back a guest talk to that person about it because I have a feeling that this is going to be something that we try to make a change on. We would really like to, you know, if you go to the Palladium and you're you're familiar with this this place, let me know. Maybe I'm completely off on this. Maybe I'm completely missing something, but uh if you've seen an entrance place where there's a a, ra- a handicap accessible ramp or a place that you can put a wheelchair that doesn't uh, obstruct an aisle or or anything like that cause a fire hazard, please let me know because I don't want to be wrong on this and I don't want to hold someone accountable for something that they're actually doing. I didn't see it when we were there. I'm going to take a quick break because my throat is killing me and I'm going to go into a coughing fit. I'll be back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. 
So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Saturday, November 9th at 6 p.m. at Platinum City Gaming in Taunton, Massachusetts, it's the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Halloween may be over, but we live the horror life all year long. BMG Events, in cooperation with It Came From The 508 Productions, is bringing you this unique event featuring filmmakers, actors, vendors, podcasters, and more, including the world premiere of the second film in the Ties That Bind series, The Box. Tickets are $10 and available at the door or through the event page. Follow BMG Events, it came from the 508 and Throwdown Thursday podcast on Facebook for all the latest updates. The Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Missing out would be a grave mistake. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews audio podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award-nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors, and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. And I am back. Thank you for uh, bearing with me through that entire discussion about uh, handicap accessibility at concert venues because I think it's very important and, uh, you know, hopefully we can affect some positive change on that. Um, So I'll give you a little preview of what we're uh, looking at next week. Uh, Next week we are going to be discussing uh, The Box, the film from uh, came from the 508 Studios. It's part two of the three-part Ties That Bind series, and uh, we're going to have at least director James Lamond and uh, potentially some more folks on to uh, talk about that film, and uh, we're going to be talking about its film festival debut at the Dead of Autumn, which will be uh, November 9th. You heard the ad for it a little while ago. It's shaping up to be a really awesome event, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to go and to see how uh, everything pans out, see some awesome films, see some awesome new trailers, and uh, hang out with some awesome people. Uh, broke horror fan Alex DiVincenzo, our buddy from uh, you know last week's Throwdown Thursday episode, is going to be there. Uh, he's going to be debuting a film that has uh, probably the greatest boom microphone operation that you'll ever experience. So if you are a huge fan of boom mics and uh, boom mic operation, uh, you'll definitely want to check that film out. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close with a uh, another fun shark fact. So one thing you uh, may not realize, and I didn't know this before uh, looking this up, uh, much like the common tree, a shark can be aged by, uh, or th- their age can be determined, I should say, by uh, counting the rings on their vertebrae. I think that's super cool. Um, I did not know that, but that is a new fun shark fact that you have just learned, that I have just learned recently. And uh, I wanted to share with you. So uh, make sure to check us out next week when uh, I'll be joined, like I said, by filmmaker James Lamond of It Came From The 508 Studios. 
we have a, a really fun show for you, and it's uh, we're going to preview the Dead of Autumn Film Festival put on by BMG Events. And uh, check out the uh, the Facebook group for more details on that. And uh, just remember, here at Shark Bites, I am the podcaster, but you are all my chums. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>